Hello and welcome to Table Topics, the general advice and discussion podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and I have brought along with me, as I always do, my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well, Michael. How about yourself? I am doing fan-freaking-tastic. I am excited. Even for me, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to a level uh, as of yet unknown to mortal human. I Can am... you possibly guess what I'm so excited about? I know exactly what you're excited about, and I apologize to our audience in advance. Michael's excited about a catacon! A catacon! Okay, so I have been preaching this for like a year. Like every episode at the start, I talk about a catacon, and you're always like, oh God, here we go again. So can you at least admit, at this moment, you are as excited as I am? Yeah, I'm pretty fucking excited. <laughs> how freaking cool is that? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so it has been a while since we have had a chance to do a Table Topics. Uh, the last one we were supposed to do, last minute got canceled. Uh, you know, we've been having episodes come out, but we've not had a Table Topics in a while. And we were supposed to do our Gen Con recap. That was what was on the schedule today. But I threw Caleb a curveball at the last minute, said, F that, we are going to talk about a Catacon instead. So that is what we are going to do. So if you do not share our enthusiasm, Matt, want to go ahead and turn this off now because that is all we are going to talk about. Except at the very end of the show, we do have five, count them, one, two, three, four, and five, new five-star reviews on iTunes. Part of that is because it has been a while since we've done this, but still, that is awesome. And I want to thank everybody for taking the time, and we will do so by reading your review live on the air at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's take a moment, take a step back. Because I always jump ahead, so it's always a step back. And remind people of why we're here. Here at the RPG Academy, we believe that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. That no matter what game you play, what system or edition, or what rules you use, don't use, or misuse, if you're having fun, then you're playing the game correctly. And that is kind of what was part of the idea behind a catacomb, is we wanted to create that in a larger community. And by God, there are people who believe in us. So, uh, Caleb, uh, like we, we've talked a couple times since the Kickstarter went live, but talk about what it was like that first day for you. <laughs> okay, so the, the week leading up to the launch of our Kickstarter was incredibly nerve-wracking. I was on vacation that entire week, and I moved my computer downstairs into the living room so I could chill on the couch in the better air conditioning, and I spent hours upon hours editing the campaign, rewording things, retyping things, getting feedback from people. I mean, we were constantly editing what you can see now on the Kickstarter page, trying to make it as clear as possible, trying to make it as polished as possible, and frankly, trying to compensate for Michael's writing. But I, I think we, we overcame that pretty well. And uh, the night before the launch, it was Christmas morning times my birthday, plus every exciting event you have ever imagined. I could barely sleep. I, I just wanted to launch the thing. I wanted to click that giant green button and see what was going to happen. And then the morning came when it was time to launch the campaign and I got super, super nervous and I didn't want to launch it. 
because I was thinking, oh my God, we're going to sit here and we're just, it's going to be zero, 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 and we're going to get so depressed. Oh my God, I don't want to do this. And then we hit the green button. Seriously? <laughs> that was so cool. We hit the green button within seconds. We had people pledging already. And yeah. I'm going to send a shout out right now to Danny and John and Rachel and Eric. Danny and John were our first two backers within seconds of launching the campaign. And we even launched like five minutes early. So it wasn't like like they had to have been sitting there just like us waiting for it to go, I guess. I don't know how that happened. It was like seconds. I, we, it was a little bit more than five minutes early. We couldn't refrain ourselves, uh, restrain ourselves. That's the right word. So yeah, Danny and John were just spamming the refresh key until they saw it go live. They were our very first backers. Eric and Rachel, tremendously good friends of the show and personal friends of both of us. They were our first VIP backers, again, within seconds of going live. And it just kept going from there. I was on the couch. I ended up being in, in, the, in front of the computer for about 12 hours straight that day, just hitting refresh, looking at new stuff. Michael and I were talking online, on the phone. We were constantly shooting messages back and forth to each other. We were responding to messages that were coming into us on social media, uh, people messaging us through Kickstarter. I we, we both spammed the hell out of our Facebook and Twitter pages that day. Anyone following me knows that I was constantly tweeting out updates almost to the real time to the second whenever we saw, got a new sponsor. Oh, man, that was just a roller coaster day. It was so exciting just to every time we click back to Kickstarter. Oh, it was up 2%. Oh, it jumped up 10%. Oh my God, another $100. Oh, oh, someone else bought a VIP ticket. Holy shit, look at this happening. That was, it was just a great day. It was so exciting. I literally cannot imagine what it's like for a Monty Cook of the world to not have a heart attack. Because, you know, because again, we're excited and I don't want anybody to think that we're not. But at the end of the day, we got to $4,000. And there are people out there, like the Monty Cooks, just because it's top of mind, they'll, they'll hit, you know, like half a million. I was so nervous and anxious and just excited. I mean, I, like you, I was in front of my computer easily 12 hours that day. Pretty much, I ate at my desk. I obviously, you know, bio breaks. But other than that, I was in that chair and I was on the computer. I was typing. I was doing this. I was doing that. And every time that number went up, it was like crazy. And then if it went five minutes without it, I was like, oh, no, it's over. What are we done? What are we going to do? Start over. What? And then it would happen again. And, oh, my God, I, I cannot, I don't know if I can ever truly express how grateful I am for everyone's support. Again, especially Sid, John, Danny, and Eric, and Rachel, they were ready to go. And I think that's, that started us off strong. And then it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And and we've said it on some of our social media and some of the other interviews that we've done. We both thought we we can do this. Like we really believed that this was going to happen. Because if because if I wasn't sure, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I'll be honest. Like I'm a bit of a coward that way. I wouldn't have wanted to put it out there and then get like seven dollars and then just it'd be this really sad thing that you know we just never talk about again. So I thought, you know what, we can make this happen. But I truly believed it would be a 30-day process, 
every day we'd be calling new people or emailing new people or doing more, you know, more media. We, we talked about maybe doing advertising on other, some of the bigger podcasts, actually paying money to do advertising. You know, we had all these sort of like contingency plans. And in a way it was almost like, what do we do now? Like we both were like, what do we do now? Like we had a plan and, and the plan was to do this thing. And then now we don't do that thing. And it was, and, and it actually was reflected in the fact that we didn't do an update for like three days because we're like, what do we update about? Like we were there. Like we, I mean, it was just so crazy. I, Oh God, I cannot imagine. But I also want to give a couple shout outs, uh, especially to NPC Chris from the NPC cast. Mm-hmm. That dude did us a solid that we may never be able to adequately replay, <laughs> repay, I should say. Some of our closest advisors, uh, and again, well, I also want to give a shout out to all the people on our network because they have been doing the same thing. Every tweet about a catacon, they gave us feedback before it launched. I mean, they were so helpful throughout the whole process. Our first video is god awful. I mean, like... So bad okay. that it's it's not that bad. Yeah. Yes, it is. It no. is so bad. Uh, and it's not and we that watched bad. it's not that we bad. watched it and I was like, oh my god, we we can't do this. And Chris just sort of stepped up and he's like, I'll help. You know, he didn't have to do that. I didn't ask him specifically for help. I just kind of put out in the world like, hey, you know, is there somebody that could give us some advice? We're working on this video, and he's like, I got your back. On top of that. He went to Gen Con, and then we're going to get to that a little bit. So I went to the week, the weekend year or the week you were on vacation doing all this. I was at Gen Con having a blast. Sorry. So he was at Gen Con. He came home on Sunday, was sick because he got con crud. We sent him the stuff on Monday. We got it back, and it is amazeballs. So 100%, Chris, if you're listening to this, Aaron, I know that generally you do listen to the table topic. So if he doesn't tell him, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We, I, I don't know that we would have got there without that video because there's so many people that if they didn't know us and they weren't in on it and they saw that video, I think they'd be like, no. Okay, I agree with you a little bit, but the video wasn't that bad. However, the outtakes before we filmed that video are fucking hysterical. <laughs> Do you still have those? Yes, and, and and I actually was going to put them on our Patreon feed. We we promised this, that we are going to let our patrons watch it just as a way to repay them. And I can't figure out how to upload it. Like when I went to the Patreon feed, apparently you can't actually upload a video in that space. Mm. So my current plan is to upload it to uh, our website and then just send the download d- link directly to our patrons so that they can watch it and then probably put it on YouTube. Or, and then or hey, see it. May- maybe we should... Uh change that over it and actually play it at a catacomb this year. Ah, no. uh, We'll see. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, a a 100% thank you to Chris. I put together a horribly, horribly vague description of how I wanted that video to look. It was not even a storyboard. It was just sentence fragments. This should look like this. This should do this. This needs to be here. And then I sent him a bunch of pictures, and he made that thing that you guys can watch on our Kickstarter. It's really good looking. It is really good looking. And a hundred percent thank you to Chris for volunteering his time to do that. We will absolutely be in your debt for that video. But yeah, I agree with you, Michael. I was so shocked that we got it in about 25 hours. When we went to bed that first night, we ended at about 86, 87 percent. 
And I was pretty bummed out that we didn't get to 100% on that first day. I'll admit, I, I got greedy. I yeah. thought we got this. And especially when I went to bed, because again, I was like all nervous. I mean, I, I was emotionally exhausted. I'm telling you, I it was like I ran a marathon. And, you know, I'm fat again. I, so that's hard. <laughs> and and I was like, I'm exhausted. And, and I was when I, as soon as I woke up, first thing I did, grab my phone, hit the button. And when we weren't there, I was like, oh, man, like, you know, all that momentum. And, and that's the, the weird thing about just life in general is that we were – we had so much reason to be happy. We over-excelled beyond, overachieved beyond our wildest dreams. And then I turned around and was disappointed because it didn't maintain itself. But it was short-lived because right around 9 o'clock, bam, 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 started happening all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both woke up pretty early that day. We were checking stuff. Nothing had happened yet. And then I think uh, it was late morning, 9 or 10, a couple more badges got purchased. We saw some more money trickling in. And I, I settled down to do some more updates and monitor some stuff. You had something to do that day. I think you had a doctor's appointment. And you sent me a message and said, hey, I'll be out of the house for a little bit. I'll check in with you when I get home. And literally within probably five minutes from that, we saw a, a few more badges purchased. I sent the update that said we are at 99%. I clicked back to Kickstarter a new corporate sponsor had joined in, and we were over $4,000. Luckily, no one else was home because I started running around my living room screaming like a school kid who just opened a Super Nintendo back in the day. <laughs> it was amazing. I lost my freaking mind when I saw that. I... I said it somewhat in jest, but it, and honestly, it's true. I had a, I had an eye appointment. That's, that's where I went and I was in the car. I had, I basically turned my phone off. Obviously while I'm in the, you know, the doctor, you don't be, don't be that guy. So I turned my phone off. I did all my stuff, whatever. I'm walking out. Since I walk out, I, I pop it back on and there's just this flurry of all the tweets that I had missed just started going, scrolling up and I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then sure enough, at the bottom of that list was a, a notification like we did it. Yay. And I got in my car, and I teared up a little bit. I, I will be perfectly honest. Like, I made a joke. I was like, I just left the eye doctor. That must be it. No, I seriously was overwhelmed that I teared up a little bit. I didn't blubber. That would be unmanly. But I did tear up a little bit because I I don't know that anyone's ever ever going to understand this unless they have experienced something similar. But like I said, we, we thought we had a chance. But the outpouring of support that we have gotten – it's been surprising. It's, I mean, again, I'm almost getting emotional now saying it because I'm so grateful. And I just feel like, you know, I, I was unaware. It's one of those things that you don't always know who your friends are, I guess, until you really need somebody. And people were just coming out of the woodwork to support us. And that's the probably the biggest shock to me. And I, I did an update today and I put it on there that the whole time this was happening, I kept telling you and I kept telling everyone else because uh, I, I made the joke. My wife said she just assumed that she was going to end up paying for this whole thing on her credit card because it was going to fail. So, you know, go go you. But I kept saying, if we sell all the badges, we'll be fine. It's all we got to do. We, we may not get any support. We may not get any sponsorships. You know, Maybe no one wants to advertise with us because we're so small. But surely we can sell all the badges. We can do that. If we do that, we'll fund. We'll get to our minimum and it'll be great. We funded and still had a ton of badges. We had like 
40% of the badges left over. And that's the part that I'm like, is still to this blowing my mind. Like, how did we do that? And it's just the people who supported us through straight donations, the people who gave us the $25 sponsorship, which a lot of those were honestly our donations. They put they picked that one, but I have a feeling that when we reach out and say, what logo do you want? They're going to be like, what are you talking about? And then a ton of $100 plus donations from, I mean, just everywhere. I, I cannot say thank you enough. We are going to say thank you specifically to all of those people on a future episode, uh, but because we we won't wait till we're all done because we don't miss anybody. Uh, but seriously, cannot thank you guys enough from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest impact to me, yes, the money is important because without the money, well, Val would pay for everything, and I don't want Val to hate me. Well, more than that, we would not be able to do this again. Like that would have been <laughs> the end of a catacomb. It, right then and there, been like, no, not doing it again. <laughs> okay, so yes, seeing the money come in is cool, uh, especially because Michael and I spent hours upon hours talking about the budget for a catacon, refining it, fine tuning it, figuring out how much money we could actually spend, arguing about how much certain things would cost and what we could actually do. We we spent so much time coming to that dollar amount and seeing those dollars come in and saying, hey, we did the right thing. The money's there now. We can do all this stuff we planned out. That is really cool. It's it's very rewarding to see those dollars come in there. But more important than that is seeing the people out there partnering with us to make this happen. None of us are rich people. None of us have money just to throw around disposable income to buy stupid, crazy things. So the fact that these people who are our friends, who have been with us since the beginning, who constantly work with us and talk to us and support us, are going one step further to say, here's some cash. We want to help you do something new and help you evolve the show to the next level that is what hits me, and that's what makes me so blown away when I see all these names on our backers' lists. And I don't care what the dollar amount is. Just the fact that anyone can say, hey, here's some of my hard-earned money. I like what you guys are doing. I want you to do more of it. I'm shocked. And that that's – I, I can't even I can't even explain what I feel like. That is so, so special to me. It's, it is amazing, and I do want to give another kind of a special shout-out to, to some of our patrons because we do have a, a, a fairly small but, you know, very generous group of, of patrons who donate to us every month, and many of them gave us extra for the, the Kickstarter. Like, you know, they, they threw money at the Kickstarter for donation levels, um, even though they've already donated money to us. You know, they do that monthly, so this is incredible, and I want to give a specific shout-out to my Dark Hearts crew uh, Scott, Jason, Melissa. I mean, they they came up big, and they basically bought three seats at every virtual game that we have, which was it's probably our single largest pledge, in, you know, from an individual group. I mean, technically there's three of them, but it all came in in one lump. Huge, huge thank you for that. Um, and again, I want to thank the people who agreed to do that because there is some confusion about that. So I'll, t- I'll take a moment here to explain that. So we had uh, some of our 
friends and some of our network associates, uh, RPG Gamer Dad, Christopher and Devin, both from the Sharkbone podcast, and then Jim McClure, uh, who was featured on the uh, one-shot podcast that we did, uh, L5R, all agreed to run a one-shot game for up to four people in exchange for a $25 pledge per seat. The way Kickstarter works, or at least the way we figured out how to use it, is there wasn't a way for people to do multiple things. Like if someone wanted to do a VIP badge and a regular badge, we didn't know how to make that work. So eventually what we did was we just said, okay, pick one, put your money there, tell us, and then we will adjust the numbers to make that make sense so that we won't overbook things. And since the Dark Hearts crew came up big and you know took three seats in all the virtual tables, they picked one to put the money into and then all the others, we had to change the count down so that, again, we didn't overbook and overpromise and not be able to deliver. So some of those games looked like there was only one seat available. That it only looked like you'd basically be playing a one-on-one game, which I still think would be cool. But no, if, if, if you go to any of the virtual games, because right now Devin still has a seat, Christopher still has a seat, and then Jim opened up a second table for us, so he has four, you're going to play with three or four other people. It just looks that way because of the way the Kickstarter works. So big, big, big thank you to RPG Gamer Dad, to Devin, to Christopher, and of course to Jim. They're volunteering their time, which allowed us to bring in extra donations. And I believe Jim has specifically said on his Twitter that anyone who jumps into one of his virtual games will be playing something absolutely brand new that we have not seen before. I don't know what that means. Knowing Jim, I'm a little bit scared. But I think it'll be a good time. Anyone who goes into one of these virtual games, we are actually going to set everything up after the fact. So if you know anything about Kickstarter, you will get an email, a backer survey when the campaign ends. And specifically to those people who do have virtual tickets, we will open up an email thread or some sort of chat where you guys can speak with your dedicated virtual GM, determine when works and how it will work so if you guys prefer skype or roll 20 or google hangouts whatever all of you agree upon that is up to you we are not going to force you to do one thing or the other i'm pretty sure that the gms will be open to some interpretation and some input if you guys request a certain game or want to play a certain style they will open that up for uh, discussion but ultimately they will be the ones leading that game and making everything happen. And again, as Michael said, very, very thankful uh, for these four gentlemen to step in and offer their time to help us out. Uh, I think these are going to be really cool games. We're going to try to have them at some point this year, maybe going into next year. It really just depends on everyone's schedule. So with the holidays and stuff, people might, might not be able to jump on or find a time that works. It will definitely happen within a few months. It just uh, It's up to you guys. You you bought the virtual ticket, so you guys get to decide what works for you. Right, and the uh, again the Dark Hearts crew, uh, also a longtime listener, uh, Kosifo Dad, is uh, all four of them have signed up for RPG Gamer Dad's game, and he wants it to happen the same weekend as a Catacon. He was very adamant. He was like, he wants to make it part of the show. Uh, so the way that's going to work is I'll be taking prompts from some of our guests at a Catacon that I will then be feeding to him. To he will then kind of incorporate them with sort of whose line is it anyway style in a way so that the game that they're playing is influenced from a catacomb directly because he really wants to make sure that they are joined together. But once again, thank you all 
gentleman for doing that. Well, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they can't all do that at the same time since that one group of people bought tickets <laughs> at every single thing we're doing. Well, they could do it the same weekend, but they, uh, not at the same exact time. They unless they set up like a bank of three or four different computers and we're streaming on all of them simultaneously. I actually think they could do that. I'm pretty sure Scott has enough computers that that would that, that is a, that is within the realm of possibility. Well, if you guys do that, I want you to film it so that we can show a video of you guys playing four different virtual games simultaneously. But I, I would advise against it. You probably should not do that. <laughs> probably not. Uh, but I want to give some other shout outs as well uh, to some of our RPG Academy Network partners that, again, have come up big for us, helping us promote this with the tweets, retweets, the articles. And some of them, in fact, most of them are going to be coming to the event. Gamersplane.com, uh, Rowett, uh, he's the guy who runs that. He is going to be coming. At least he, he originally was definitely coming. Now there's a wedding issue, but he still still plans on coming to running some events. He wants to play some X-Wing. Kevin Smith from Melvin Smith's Geekery is coming. He's going to be running some games, but all I really care about is he's running uh, Ever on 5th Edition, so who cares what else he runs. We have uh, Lucas, who is actually one of the newest members of the Academy Network uh, from City of Brass. He's going to be coming, uh, running some things. He's also added some stuff into the swag bag for us to help us try to get there. Some discounts on the City of Brass uh, website. Uh, He's also going to throw in some City of Brass dice uh, into the swag bag. And he's going to be running some games. I think he's going to run something called What's Old is New, W-O-I-N. It's the game that Morris from InWorld is, like, creating. Uh, he ran a couple sessions at Gen Con, I believe, so I think that he's going to be doing some of that. Uh, there's still a chance that Matthew will be coming down ah. solo. There's also a chance that he may be coming with part of his improv comedy troupe. That is one of our... It's technically locked right now, but it's one of the locked stretch goals what? if we can get there. What? You let a secret out? Michael, shame on you. <laughs> Forge. We actually interviewed him at one point, so if anyone listened to that episode, it's not a secret. Uh, so there's a chance Matthew's going to be there. There's also a, a chance that Scott's going to be there. Uh, he recently moved, and he's now much closer than he was. So there's a good chance that he might be able to join us as well. If he's, if so, obviously it'll be up to him what he does. And then the person I was thinking of is actually Shane from uh, the Mundangerous website, who is not an official part of the RPG Academy, but I feel, I feel as though he's somewhat part of the team. He's also part of the Dark Hearts crew. He's been adopted by them. Uh, he's going to be coming down and running some games for us as well. Darcy from Darcy, yay! Yeah, Darcy from Darcy. She uh, Darcy from it? Darcy. Uh, she will be there running a bunch of Numenera, Strange, and Cipher games. Matt Ballard from the Startup Gamers podcast. That dude apparently is a machine. I think he's a Terminator from the future that was sent back in time to run RPGs. He sent me the list of what he wants to run. Wow, he is coming, dude. He is bringing it solid. I cannot wait to see what he uh, what he actually brings to the table. I again, I could go on and on and on. I feel like I'm. It's like an Academy Award speech. I'm going to forget somebody, and I'm going to feel bad because I forgot somebody. But I can't. T- I can't thank everybody because there's too many people. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, we definitely want to say thank you to Battle Bards as well. We've been working closely with Battle Bards since they launched on Kickstarter. Uh, we have been talking with them behind the scenes. They've been helping us out with some of our actual plays uh, for the sound effects and the music. If you listened to the music on our Kickstarter video, that was Battle Bards as well. They have very graciously added a special bonus to our first stretch goal 
of a swag bag. Uh, this just happened within the past few days. I mentioned it on one of the updates, but in case you did not see it, BattleBards will be giving everyone who gets a swag bag, which means every attendee, every person with a badge, a special download code for a sampler of some of their music and access to their uh, soundboard. So you'll get six or ten tracks of music. You'll get access to their soundboard so you can listen to the music, sample it. You can use the soundboard to cut and edit and loop and really do whatever you want with it. Thank you so much to these guys. BattleBards is an outstanding company. It's an outstanding service. They have been so generous to us. We are so glad to be in partnership and communication with them through all of this. They are also talking to me a little bit about our Midnight Dread game that is going to happen. And uh, I think I might be getting a sneak peek of some of their horror-themed background, which is one of their future Ooh. projects. So if we're lucky, we might get to use some of that at a catacon. <laughs> that would be fantastic. So we could continue to gush on and on and on, and I think at some point it would, uh, it would get boring if it hasn't already. So let's tr move into at least one thing that might be a little bit more substantial, uh, and that is what we're going to do going forward. I'm going to try to turn this episode around pretty quickly so it'll come out while the campaign is still going on. Uh, because we have not yet sold out of badges. We still, at last count, have 39. If we can get all of those badges claimed and we get no more donations and no more sponsorships, we just sell the rest of the badges, we'll come in at just over $6,100 total. Which, I, you can't see me, but I like just flushed and almost fainted. I got, I got the vapors. <laughs> That's oh, better God. than my Jamaican accent. Oh, God, uh, stop it. Which will, which will unlock several of our stretch goals. I mean, that alone is going to get us so far into what we want to do. So that's, that's what we need to focus on. So we are, uh, we did another interview last night for another podcast that's going to feature us called All Us Geeks. And I expect us to be mentioned and or featured on some other podcasts within the next few days. I, I don't want to say anything in case I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure we got some support coming for some people. So that should help as well. But really, the biggest thing we need is for you, our loyal audience, the ones who listen to us all the time on and on, and then in particular, if you're our audience and you are coming to, the, to a catacomb, you are one of our backers that is coming because you are our best resource. You're coming. All you need to do is bring a buddy and we're done. Find somebody that, that you think would want to go, maybe someone who's on the fence, and if they know that, hey, I'm going, why don't we split gas? Why don't we carpool together? Why don't we split a room? We split a, split a cabin. Let's get our whole gaming group to go. We just get two or three groups to do that. We probably are done at that point. And then we can look at trying to get some of those other bigger stretch goals. That we might, we're going to have to, at that point, go outside of badges, but we'll worry about that when we get there. Uh, but for ourselves, we are going to start doing some uh, what, we're going to, what we're calling mini-sodes. I know I didn't make that word up, but uh, it's a thing. Uh, with all these guests that we were talking about, not to mention our special guests like Rob and Rich and Sean and James D'Amato and DM Mitch and DM Chris and all the rest uh, that are coming and do little episodes about what they're going to do at the convention, what games they're going to run, uh, what their plans are, so we can start getting people excited for that. So I wanted to start that process with you, my good sir. What? On the spot. What are your plans for a catacomb? What do you want to do and what are you going to run? Okay, well... To be 100% honest, I am much more excited 
about the fact of seeing all of you beautiful people and hanging out with you than sitting down at a table and running games. I absolutely want to play a lot of games and run a lot of games for you, but I really want to have a lot of time to hang out with people and meet some of the people that we haven't met before and catch up with old friends. So I might not be running as many official games as other people, but I definitely will do a lot of pickup games. And of course, in the after hours and between sessions, I'm sure we will be off doing a whole bunch of fun stuff. I think what I will do is bring a lot of options and let people pick as we get down to gaming. I actually did make a list the other day of some stuff I want to prepare. One of the things I am preparing is a very cool Pathfinder game. It'll be a high-level dungeon crawl. I'm making a bunch of pre-gen characters to bring, and that will be a very combat and skill-based encounter-type game. Uh, crazy huge dungeon, crazy adventures, high-level characters with lots of bonkers powers. That should be pretty fun. I'm preparing a couple different games in Fate, if anyone wants to play around with Fate. Uh, I'm preparing some ideas for things like Everyone is John and All Out of Bubblegum, those crazy, goofy, off-the-wall, basically no-rules kind of games, uh, just to see what happens if anyone wants to play around with those. And I am also putting some notes together for some brand new games that I personally am designing and creating from scratch. So I'm going to bring these brand new games in a sort of beta test format. If anyone wants to be my guinea pigs and see how horrible these things are, or if I'm lucky and they actually work, we can see what happens. But uh, I also want to throw down some good board games and card games. I'm definitely going to bring my entire Sentinels of the Multiverse collection, which is not going to leave my room unless I'm actually playing with it, because I'm super crazy about my stuff. And since Sentinels is my favorite game in the world, and I've wasted the time and money to sleeve every card that exists, I am not going to let it out of my sight. I apologize for my craziness, but that's just how it is. Deal with it. Uh, I'll also bring some other cool games I have, uh, some Munchkin, some Small World. Uh, I might bust out some of my older games, uh, some of the crazy versions of Risk or the Gears of War board game. I don't know. I'll throw whatever I can in the car and see what fits. But uh, I love wasting some time with some good board games. Oh, and if anyone wants to bring or has the DC deck building card game, I just learned how to play that two weeks ago, I instantly fell in love with it, and I want to play the hell out of that game. So that has to happen. I have uh, that game every expansion, and all my cards are sleeved as well. Oh, good. I'm just going to steal yours. Uh, no, and never mind. I do not. Oh, shucks. So what about you? Let's let's turn the tables here. What kind of stuff are you preparing? I'm going to say right now, there'll, there'll be time travel, there's going to be aliens, and there's going to be a magic dagger. I can't really argue with any of that, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so I have some grand plans uh, that I want to do. Uh, I definitely want to play Marvel Legendary. That is one of my favorite games. I never get to play it because it is a total 
crap fest to try to set up and take down. I mean, it's it's a 20-minute setup process. It's a half-an-hour breakdown process to put that game together. So uh, I don't play it as often as I would like, but this is an, an opportunity where, uh, much like Chris from NPC Cast, he and I commiserated briefly about this, I've never beaten Galactus. So I want to have it set up somewhere, just that scenario, fighting Galactus, and just throughout the whole weekend, maybe I'll jump over there, sit down for an hour, play it. If we don't win, we'll just reset the board and then maybe come back to it later. I did just buy the latest expansion for DC Heroes, the Teen Titans, so I probably will bring that. But mostly is not unusual for me. I'm going to be fo- – oh, wait, no, no, Pandemic. I absolutely want to play – this is my idea. If we have the room for it, I want to do a community version of Pandemic. And so what I mean by this is I'm going to set the game up. And we'll have little flags that indicate whose turn it is based off color. And then people can just walk up and play a turn and then walk on. And the idea here is that normally when I play Pandemic, me and my wife, we basically argue over who's going to do what. If we were trying to teach someone else the game, we'd just tell them what to do. We're those people. And it's not as much fun. I want it to be truly like, this is what I'm going to do at this moment. You're not going to tell me. It could very well be a bad decision. And it may may cost us the game, but it's going to be like more realistic that if somebody shows up, they make their their action based off of what's there, and then they move on. And this basically let this game kind of run itself as people wander over to the table and play a turn until the game is beat or until they lose, and then we'll just reset. So if we have the space, I want that set up just the whole weekend, just constantly happening. And then I have this crazy idea: I want to do a draft of magic. Like, I don't play Magic together very often, but when I do play, I like to play a draft. So I actually went ahead and I, I bought an entire box, and I want to basically draft. So this will be one of the few events if we play, there will be a cost, because I'll just ask people to, to pay at least what the cards cost. Like, I don't care about making money, but, you know, if you want to do this with me, you'll pay for your packs of cards. But we're going to do it cutthroat style. So you draft, you play, if you win, you get your opponent's cards, and then you get to rebuild your deck. So at the end of the game, whoever wins it all gets the all the cards. That sounds really cool, and I wish I knew how to play Magic so I could be part of that. But I totally don't anymore. It's been so many years <laughs> since I've played Magic. Yeah, the, the only thing I can see that, well, not the only thing, but the biggest thing I can see is that because there could be potentially money on the line, we'll need someone that actually knows the rules like an official judge in case there is a disagreement because I play casually every now and then i wouldn't be like i don't know it that thing happens i guess well i know that michael from 1d6 gaming who is one of our biggest corporate sponsors of a catacon will be there i know that he runs a lot of magic games so maybe he would be willing to step in and help us out uh i don't know if he listens to the show but this is certainly the first time we have mentioned it i don't want this to come across as us throwing more at him when he has already done so much that we are incredibly thankful for but you never know it doesn't hurt to ask oh and we all as we all know i have no problem asking anybody anything so once we get past that the things that i would like to do is i would like to run another session of the module that you and i are writing I have run the first part three times, and I, I think we have something. I'll be, I mean, I honestly, I think at this point, that first session is great. We just got to get it into a format that's legible so that people could actually run it like without us standing over their shoulder. 
The second part I've only ran once, and that was at Gen Con recently, and it was good, but it was there definitely was a difference in how fleshed out it was compared to the first part. Uh, so I want to run that again. So it'll be part one and part two. So that'll be a full four-hour session. So I wanted some more guinea pigs to run that. And then I plan on running two sessions of Dread. And I'm basically, I kind of learned this at Gen Con as well. I set Dread up to be a four-hour session. It took like an hour and 15 minutes. It was the best hour and 15 minutes ever. But there was a part of me that's like, ah, oh, I feel kind of crappy because the game's over and, you know, these people signed up for four hours. that They didn't seem to mind. And, and at least two of them I know are coming to a catacomb because I've seen them pledge. So they obviously had a good time. But there was a part of me that's kind of like, ah, I feel kind of bad about that. So I'm going to set up two sessions back-to-back for two hours each. So that way I don't have to feel obligated to keep it going. One of them is going to be the same session I ran at Gen Con, which is my D and Dread scenario. So it's, a, it's kind of a hack and slash of Dungeons and & Dragons and Dread. And... uh I said it as a joke, but now I'm committed. I'm going to replay Return of the Dread Eye, and it's going to be a Star Wars-based Dread game. At times like this, I'm glad we don't record in the same room because I would probably have to throw something at you right now. You're just jealous that you didn't think of it first. No, no, because I'm going to run Dread, and it's going to be so much better than your games of Dread. We will see. Oh, we will see, sir. We shall see. Just as I'm thinking about it here, just because you mentioned Dread, and I know we've talked about this several times, but one of our big premiere events is going to be a campfire midnight version of Dread. Obviously, weather permitting, we'll be outside by a campfire. If not, we'll be inside, but it'll still happen late. Uh, we're going to try to control the environment a little bit, have some dim lights if we're inside. We're going to have some Battle Bards music. It's going to be very, very cool. But one of the other things that we're doing is we have partnered with U2 Can Cthulhu, which is a group out of Indianapolis who runs games at Gen Con, and they are going to come out to, to a catacon, and they have actually rented their own separate cabin, and all of their events will happen there. And they are going to set up the entire environment, so they're going to have props, and they're going to, they're going to do things with lighting and all kinds of crazy stuff. My buddy Michael F., who you heard recently on the podcast, is Saltaba, during our D&D game to Red Larch, he played in one of their events, and he said it was one of the best things he's ever played. Absolutely loved it. In fact, he's the reason why they're coming is he was selling a catacon crazy hard at Gen Con. You're going to hear that whole story in our next episode when we talk about Gen Con. But big, big props to Michael and to the whole RPG Academy Network. We, when we went to Gen Con, they sold a catacon hard for me to a lot of positive results. So I just want to thank them for that. Yeah. We have been really, really lucky with everyone who has committed to helping us on our crazy dreams. And I say our crazy dreams, really it's Michael's crazy dreams. I've been swept up in the chaos and madness. Uh, but everyone else that has shown their support, I mean, remember guys, we're not paying anybody. Michael and I aren't getting paid. There is no money on the table other than our own money that we are spending to do all of this. So when people volunteer to help us with stuff, when everyone in Michael's home crew goes to Gen Con and pimps the hell out of it to every person they talk to, when people around the world help us out in the network and partner with us and share our vision, that is just so damn cool. That means more to me than a paycheck. That means more to me than 
anything else. Not that I would turn down a paycheck. Any potential sponsors that are out there, I will willingly sell my soul for money. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there because I totally <laughs> yeah. will. Uh, <laughs> yep, just leave it there. But yeah, thank you so much. Everyone who is helping us, everyone that has shown their love, given us their time. I think I can speak for both Michael and myself when I say our wives are the biggest troopers in the world for putting up with our insanity, the hours we spend doing this, uh, and the money we waste on it, the fact that they are both most likely coming to a catacon this year to help us out, spend time with us, and share our love for this hobby. So cool. So very, very cool. My wife is a very professional photographer and artist. She will be there as our official Acaticon photographer. So when you see her running around taking pictures and doing all kinds of cool artsy stuff, play along with it. It'll be awesome. And we will probably put together some sort of slideshow or presentation with all of our pictures after Acaticon. I don't know what we'll do with it. We'll definitely make it available to everybody. I'm sure it's something we will use as we move forward in our uh, Acaticon careers here. So, hey, it's too late to say no, but you bought a ticket. You, you're going to be in our pictures. Too bad. Deal with it. Uh, unless you have a very good reason not to be, and, and we can discuss that on a one-on-one -on -one nope. basis. Nope. Too bad. If, the if Emperor went... of Oz has spoken. <laughs> you're in our pictures forever. If you're uh, if you're in the witness protection program, just let me know. I mean, you can't really let me know that, but you need to, you know, you know, wink, wink, okay. let me know, and, and we'll work something out. We'll use the code phrase "ice cream man." If you tell yeah. us you are an ice cream man, we'll know something's up. Something is up. Uh, so I think we're getting getting close to wrap this up here. Uh, we do still need to read those five star reviews that I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, but before we get to that, I will do my best job to kind of sum up my feelings and all the excitement, hopefully, that I've shared with you today about this is that by far the thing that I enjoy most out of this podcast, the thing that has grown around it, that constantly encourages me and gives me the desire to continue to do this is the community around us. And it is still small compared to a lot of other shows, but very passionate and great, great people. And that's what a catacon is about, is about that community that, that, that gets what we're trying to do, that gets the motto that we play by, that we want to just have fun, hang out with your friends, who cares about silly edition wars or which game is better or whatever. I just, all that stuff is silly. Just have fun. And that's what we're trying to do with a catacon. And the fact that the community did step up big time to help us make this happen other podcasts, uh, other sponsors, gaming stores, friends, family. I mean, you name it. There's a part of our connective life that is influenced and is helping us out with the Catacon. Makes it truly special. It makes it, it makes it what it's supposed to be. It's a community event for you guys that we just happen to be facilitating. It's not, this is not our Catacon. This is your Catacon. We just happen to be sort of organizing it for you. So thank you once again for myself. I want to say that we have just hit our swag bag, but that's not true. But this won't come out for three days, so I'm confident that by the time it does, we will have gotten there. Caleb just had a heart attack on me, so sorry. All right, Caleb, you, you can wrap this up. <laughs> wow, and then, uh... that, that kind of threw me for a loop there. All right. You know, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to leave it there, Michael, because uh, you might have used more words than I did, but what you said was a wonderful sentiment, and I absolutely agree with you. So I will not 
be summarizing Michael's true sense and expression of gratitude and love for everybody out there that is part of a catagon. Uh, now you're trying, just trying to give me a heart attack. Or, you know, I was trying to sum up by saying I wasn't summing up. It was really subtle. I was going to let it go, but then you had to step back in and kind of ruin it. So thanks. That, that's what I that's do That's what here. you do. All right. All right. So, so we have some five-star reviews to read. Hey, hey, this is my turn. I get to talk this time. Ah. Ah. All right. So we are going to move on to some of our five-star iTunes reviews. Uh, again, we are sorry that we have not read any for a while, uh, but we've been a little bit distracted and busy. We will try to catch up on that in the future. Stay more on top of it. Uh, every, anyone who has not yet given us a subscription and a review, please go ahead and do that. This is a free way to help us out a whole hell of a lot. Uh, so starting off here, we have a review from Portable23 titled Great People Spectacular Hole. Hole spelled W-H-O-L-E, just in case you were curious. Yeah, I was a little curious there for a minute. There you go. This podcast has a wide variety of gaming areas covered, and they seem to be growing. Their table topics focus on issues and ideas that come up while at the gaming table. Show & Tell has just recently started focusing on interviews with game designers and developers. The actual plays are great, as their rotating small group of players keep things lighthearted and most of the time hilarious. There are a few others, too. It is obvious that Michael and Caleb love gaming, want to share that with their listeners, and have surrounded themselves with like-minded players who also believe in what they are doing. They have recently been promoting their local con, Akatacon, and since I'm local, I can't wait to get my ticket. Give these guys a listen, and I'm sure you will enjoy them as much as I do. Thank you very much, Portable23. I don't know your real name, but I certainly hope you are on our backers list. Uh, if not, hurry up and go get a ticket while there's still one left. Next review is by Odin's Chosen GM. I'm just going to say great shout out to that name. Uh, that's cool. I like it. Big, big fan of Norse mythology. Uh, Odin's Chosen GM has titled this review Great RPG Podcast. As a longtime player and DM, I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. Depending on your experience with the game, the table topics may be of limited utility. They are more useful for less experienced gamers, I think. The trial episodes in which they playtest new and different, read that, not D&D or Pathfinder, games are particularly useful, not only for their entertainment value, but more so for the test drive that the listeners gets with the new game system. This may or may not be your cup of tea, but you owe it to yourself to at least give it a listen so you can know. Our next review is from the all-powerful Mojojo. Mojojo. Uh, not Mojo Jojo, just Mojojo. That's this is uh this is a review from the UK. So hello overseas, Mojo. Joe. Mojo Joe. Put another shrimp on the Bobby. Oh god damn it. So the all-powerful Mojo Joe has titled this review, How We Roll Podcast. Great fun, great gaming advice, a real find. Keep up the good work, fellas. Well, thank you very much, Mojo Joe. Our next review is also from the UK by Asako So, and this review is titled, Superb, Highly Recommended. 
I've been listening to the RPG Academy for many months, and it has become one of my favorite tabletop podcasts. The episodes cover both actual play, advice for players and GMs, and the excellent show-and-tell interviews. As a huge Legend of the Five Rings fan, I've particularly enjoyed the recent interviews with Sean Carmen and John Wick. I hope they continue these, perhaps with an interview with Rob Hobart. The team are great and very approachable via social media. Highly recommended. And our last review is from Chuck X here uh, back in the States. Uh, it's titled Episode 11 with John Wick, A Real Joy. As a latecomer newbie to the RPG hobby, I am really pleased that the hosts of this podcast share my excitement. When they warned that John Wick could be controversial, I braced myself for some fun, but instead had to shield myself from only his explosions of enthusiasm. As I stumbled and fumbled through my first play-by-post adventures, I am guided by players who urge me on to meet the childhood imagination that has been waiting on me for far too long. And to the pro RPGer described in Mr. Wick's interview, who accused him and his fellow players of being would-be community theater actors, if I could resurrect that pro RPGer, I would ask him to look me right in the eye and answer, I don't speak for John Wick, but as for me, guilty as charged, sir, and I can only promise you that it will get increasingly worse until the day I die. Ha ha ha! Keep it up, Academy. So right there, five different reviews five different people that exemplify what we are doing here and what we try to do every day is to focus on just getting people to play games, having fun and getting better at it. Sure. That's important so that you can provide more fun, but that's, you know, playing the game the correct way is in my mind is least important than playing it where you have fun. So thank you all for taking the time to write reviews. If you have not done so yet, please consider it. It is very, very helpful to shows. That's why every podcast you listen to at some point says the same thing. Like, hey, leave us a review uh, because that's one of the number one ways that you can move up the rankings. Uh, new subscribers, overall downloads, and new reviews are the, like the three main criteria that decide who goes up, who goes down, who stagnates. And it helps more people find us and hopefully join into the community and allows us to grow bigger and bigger. So thank you all for that. I think that's pretty much it. I think that's the show. So this has been Michael. And this has been Caleb. And we will see you at a catacon. <laughs> Into the wilds! Oh, damn it. <laughs> you love it. I do. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. 
Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>